Welcome again to Back to the Future Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie Back to the Future, one tiny falling Canadian at a time. I'm Nick Menez <laughs> in the news. I'm Scott Corelli, and joining us again are AJ and Lauren. Welcome back to the show. Hello again. Thanks. Hello. Thank you. Today we are going back to Minute 104, which starts with uh, the Libyans in their uh, <laughs> like VW van uh, speeding past the frozen DeLorean and heading towards Lone Pine Mall, where Marty reconvenes and once again sees Doc murdered in cold blood, and uh, he starts to fall. And we the minute ends right as he's just like it. It, it should be a meme of just Marty just like falling down like a hill. <laughs> um, yeah. So 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 Marty sees the Libyans heading toward the mall, and he knows he knows where he's at now, uh, and. Just starts chasing them on foot, which is <laughs> it's pretty great. Yeah, he's so desperate. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. determined. He's very determined. Uh, and when we meet him back at Lone Pine Mall, which is our first hint that something's different, um, he, he Michael J. Fox really good at tired running because, like, <laughs> watching him run up to the Lone Pine Pine Mall. Uh, sign it made my sides hurt he probably didn't have to try that hard to act it either because he was exhausted between you know he would go straight from filming family ties to filming back to the future and just like i sometimes i look at that kid and think you just did not have to fake any of that you literally were that exhausted yeah yeah for sure um yeah it's 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 really good it's really good tired running uh I was, I was really impressed with that. Yeah, watching. you know, movie running is a very underrated skill. You know who's a dope movie runner? Mm-hmm. Uh, you gonna say you gonna say Tom Cruise? I, well, Tom Cruise is sort of like the gold standard for movie running. But <laughs> every time I watch one of the J.J. Abrams Star Treks, I'm always Zach Quinto is great at. at oh, movie yes, he is pretty good at running, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, so he arrives at Lone Pine's Vault at one thirty-three. He left at 124, so it took him nine-ish minutes. Which isn't bad, to run. honestly. Just, oh, yeah, well, but time. It, it is good time, but it's also like, man, he ran for nine minutes. Yeah, I was going to say that. I mean, he's running that hard, and I mean, that's tiring. That would wear you out. So, well, you know, I mean, he has a good reason to Oh, I, I, I have an explanation, fast. gang. Mm. It's the power of love! <laughs> <laughs> absolutely yes that would be the best musical callback in film history is if right as he started running it would probably have been just a little bit too irreverent for the circumstances but it's got to exist on the internet oh I'm sure what if it's like in the Um, minor key would that help (laughs) oh wow it's like a piano oh man that's a fan vid that needs to be made yes Peter Gabriel covering the power of love (laughs) <laughs> um so I, I gotta say this I really like the gag of Marty seeing Doc getting gunned down and then going to scream but being interrupted by himself. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's such a subtle, subtle joke. Yeah, but it's like it's like, guys, is this really the time for this joke? <laughs> like it's it just it's just it's just the funniest thing because it's like 
now is not the time to be making this joke. It's heartbreaking. This is a very stressful time. To watch him because he he hasn't even had the chance to catch his breath, and there he sees Doc gunned down again. And what's worse, he knows that he can't cry out and can't run down there until those events that are happening in the parking lot have played out. So the really, I mean, he's stunned. He's starting to grieve already, but the willpower it must have taken to to not run forward because Marty wears his heart and his emotions and all of the rest of that stuff on his sleeve 100% of the time. It just... Again, I would love to, I would love to get like Stephanie Meyer to like rewrite this scene in prose. Because it's just so like she, he can't cry out in pain because he he knows and he has to, like it's so it's just it's so romantic. I know it I, is I, romantic. It is one hundred percent. It's amazing. Yeah. Dad. Um, even his even his goofy little fall because it's all coming from a place of like I just desperate. Just just, just desperation. It's it's it's. Phenomenal. I can't Marty imagine watching. Oh no, go on, please. Watching someone I love that much, care about that much, get shot a second time. Basically, it's the same nightmare again. Yeah. yeah. And just knowing you could have just went back mm. fifteen minutes or, or, or half an hour. Why not half <laughs> or an half hour? An hour. Like, yeah. <laughs> and and maybe you could have fixed this. Um. Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 rough, and 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 then I also I love that I always forget that this happens in the movie um, until it does because you don't think of this movie as being the one where the characters interact with themselves from the past, um, or or you know in the way that Back to the Future Two does because that's the one that you know like oh that's the one where they revisit things but. They they revisit this scene in a very like Harry Potter time turner yeah. kind of way. Already wondering if that's what his hair really looks like from the back. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, exactly. Um, so it's uh, oh, do, do I really run like that? Oh, um, I'm so short. Damn it! God damn it! Uh, yeah, it's it's. I I, I think it's interesting because I always forget that this is this is in this movie. Because uh, I I always associate that concept with part. You two. know, there's a bit of accidental elegance to it because it it mm. means that it's not entirely a new angle when we return to it in Back to the Future Part Two. It's like yes. very subtly introduced, right? Yeah, I I think that you know there's a lot of a lot of uh, they did a lot of really great things with the sequels that you know we'll talk about in a few months, but um, it's they do a lot of great sequels, like where people think are convinced that those sequels were planned from the beginning, and it's just like no, they're just really good screenwriters. Like, yeah, they mm-hmm. they, you know, they did a really good job of picking little tiny elements out of this movie, and then expanding on them in the sequels. I'm going to yeah. be using these films as an example with my students. I'm teaching creative writing to undergraduates at the moment, and when we hit the screenwriting bit at the end, you can bet that I'm going to play clips, you know, from all three movies, um, you know, the, the threads and little callbacks and, and just the, the neat ways in which they tie up a lot of these parallelisms. Um, and I've heard it's used in a lot of, of film schools as a gold standard. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, the script for Back to the Future is a perfect screenplay. Yeah, it is. Oh. I think someone, 
someone said that, you know, it's like just really well put together. Yeah. And you know, it's in an age where like everything is a trilogy, where there's like a Dark Knight trilogy and a Hangover trilogy, and you know, now quadrilogies. Like to to look at you know the Back to the Future series, it, it kind of you know does it with a, a sort of swiftness that I'm not a lot. I mean, you look at like the Dark Knight Rises, and you know like that that that's not a that's not a a bad movie, but it it is a very flawed movie, and. That's kind of a trilogy where it's like, oh, we're, we're bringing this back. OK, I didn't realize this was important because the second one, you know, like those those movies feel very distant. Yeah, I think I think Back to the Future does a really good job of because because there, there are some movies that will overdo the new stuff in, in the sequels mm-hmm. yeah. um, when specifically when they're making a trilogy like The Matrix is a perfect example of that. Right. So you have The Matrix, which is this solid singular movie. And then rather than adding to the elements that they already established in the first movie, they just create all these other new elements and then the sequels are kind of a mess mm-hmm. as a result. Or like the Pirates of the Caribbean trilogy. Oh my God. Perfect example. <gasps> yeah. Be, you know, the first one is this very like fun popcorn adventure, not on like Back to the Future really. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then the sequels are these like just exhausting, like, you know, prophecy on double cross on like plot <laughs> twists, you know, and I'm, no, you know, I'm kind I of a, like I'm kind of a, a secret fan. I'm a secret. I mean, I really, I really like a lot of uh, Dead Man's Chess and At World's End. I actually just watched all of them like a year ago for some reason, and like that, like those are fun movies, but they, they are. they're very long. I think the first yeah, and their are my- good, mythology just gets very unwieldy, especially in the fourth one, which was awful. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think we can all agree the fourth one. I never saw the fourth one. I was warned off of it. <laughs> oh yeah, like, all I will, I I will defend Dead Man's Chest and At World's End at parties, but mm. I don't have a lot of nice stuff to say about On Stranger Tides. It's fair. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so so I just I like that that time turner element, which I just keep calling that, even though it's I mean obviously that came from this, um, but that that element was established here uh, and then used later. So I really like that. I like that a lot. Um, but uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's all I have. I mean, it's, it's, it's funny because this is a hard minute to talk about just because we've already talked about the minute technically. Right. <laughs> yeah. This is definitely the, like, I mean, uh, I mean, this is kind of the say something I'm giving up on you minute. Like this is mm-hmm. kind of, this is Marty's like all hope is lost moment. Oh yeah. Uh, luckily, it's his final one. Yeah. Uh, it's all uphill from this. April. Oh, he's earned a break. He's so yeah. he's earned a break. <laughs> he gets he gets a whole twelve hours. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, it's uh, this is this is uh, I I I I just I I really like I don't know I I like how they uh, how they shot it and I just. I, I like the idea of th- that, you know, they're like, okay. Like, I wonder if they shot this coverage at the same time as they were shooting the scene proper. You have to wonder. And then there's this, this you know, sneaky element of amped up voyeurism because you're watching somebody watch something and yeah. it, it, it all gets, it's, it's incredibly involving. Yeah. Check his hair. What's his hair like in the, in that, in the scene? Um, Does he have Teen Wolf hair or like 
Yeah, yeah, I, I, think, I think he's got the longer, he's got the longer um, family ties here. I, what I've found is that it seems that the outdoor scenes are all the family ties, like longer hair, and the indoor scenes are when he suddenly has a haircut. He's Alex P. Creepin' on uh, Doc and the Creepy. <laughs> nice. Now I leave. <laughs> and on that note... My work is done. <laughs> Uh, you can go uh, to backtothefutureminute.com anytime you want to uh, leave a comment and tell me how ashamed I should be of that pun. Uh, we Actually, we get, we get dope comments. I love our comments. Uh, <laughs> email us at contact at backtothefutureminute.com. Share your favorite memories of this podcast uh, as we go through the end credits because the end credits are coming. Uh, tweet us at BTTF Minute but, or just follow us. We post a lot of cool stuff about, you know, like you know, thoughts about the episodes and like, you know, if there's like a cool back to the future, like thing or article or shirt, we'll usually retweet that, uh, BTTF where you can, uh, submit those, uh, drawings of the, um, a Mr. Fusion Jaeger that I, I still need to see and, uh, <laughs> like us on Facebook, leave us a review on iTunes, please. It's the kindest thing. Think of it as like a tip jar. But it's not even like money. It's just your your kind words and five stars. And uh, you can follow our other podcasts, The Doctor's Companion, where we're reviewing the first adventures of each doctor in order. Our next one coming up is um, the what was it called? Like the God the Spearhead. Spearhead from space. The Spearhead the from space, space, starring Third Doctor Pert. We Sean John, John Pertwee, not yep. Sean Pertwee, who's in Gotham, and he <laughs> That's needs, his son. and he needs our help. Uh, and our original series, Geek by Night, which also needs your help. Please give it a listen. Uh, the first two stories are out right now. Episode three is coming along, and I haven't listened to it yet, but Scott says it. It's super chach. Uh, our friend Cassandra is directing that, and she also co-wrote the script, and we're really proud of it. And the other Minute podcast and the Minute family, Star Wars Minute, which uh, I think, are they still doing the pod racing scene? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're still in the pod race this week. Okay, well, holy shit. Good on that. <laughs> and um, Goodfellas Minute, which are currently in the scene where they're showing um, how all of the Vice War were, were killed and taken care of after the bank heist. Um, right. Goodbye. Well, we'll be back. We'll be back tomorrow with Minute 105. Bye. Bye. Bye.